22. Now, every Tuesday, Soundbite gives you a tantalizing taste of people's favorite food memories with mouth watering descriptions of delicious dishes. Now, this week, I'm delighted to welcome Josie James. Josie is not only a successful entrepreneur running her own recruitment agency and a member of Toastmasters, but I've heard she's a pretty accomplished cook as well. And today she joins me for Soundbite to share her special memories of food. Good afternoon to you, Josie. Good afternoon, Sadia. It's great to be here. It's lovely to have you. And now, Josie, before we even talk about your Soundbite, tell me kind of a little bit about yourself. Well, as you mentioned earlier, um, I, I founded an agency, an employment agency, some 22 years ago. And um, it's about um, recruitment of foreign domestic helpers, particularly the Filipinos, bringing them to, to Hong Kong from the Philippines or wherever they, they may be at, at the time. And so it started um, when I have my daughter, when she was born, um, I employed an, uh, an, a helper myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I realized that there is a gap mm -hmm. uh, between, service gap between the employers, the helpers, and the agency. And at that time, over 20 years ago, it's just a business. And uh, you're, you tend to forget, or at least that's how I felt, that the agencies are not really listening to what the families are looking for mm -hmm. or what the requirements might be. It's just a matter of uh, this is the demand and here's the supply. And because this is about family, and I was thinking there should be more to it. Mm -hmm. It should be, you know, a personalized service so that the success rate would be higher. Mm -hmm. The happiness on both sides would be, you know, more assured. And so if that happens, then, you know, you see relationships that um, last for years and years. That sounds wonderful. That's, I mean, you know, that is from your own experiences that you thought, well, this is needed and you saw the gap. Now, that must keep you awfully busy because you're not only are you doing managing all of mm -hmm. this, but you're also you do Toastmasters, you do a lot of traveling and things. Now, where food comes in, I know you're a bit of a foodie. Is food kind of has has it played a, a large part in your upbringing? Oh, very much so, Sadia. Um, back in the Philippines, in my growing years, um, you know, food and family time around food mm -hmm. is the most looked forward to mm -hmm. by everyone. We are a small family. Our immediate family is uh, my mother and my two other siblings younger than me. And my mother is such a great cook mm -hmm. that uh, we can hardly wait for meal time. <laughs> and so because she's such a great cook, you can't help but to emulate her yeah. to, to learn what she's doing. So did you actually, I mean, was she a mom who kind of sat you in, in the kitchen and said, look, okay, watch what I'm doing? Or was she one that said, listen, you're going to cook the rest of your life. You don't need to pay too much attention. <laughs> I mean, what did you do? Well... You are just naturally drawn to the mm -hmm. kitchen. Mm -hmm. She doesn't ask you mm -hmm. to watch, to learn, or she doesn't train you at all. Mm -hmm. It's just us, for me in particular, being the eldest, I just come home from 
school at the time and you're just drawn immediately to the scent mm-hmm. that greets you right from as the door. As soon as you open the door. That's right. All that aroma. And sometimes you can already guess what's, uh, what's on stove cooking. Oh. And so, uh, yeah, so you just go there and you can, you know, cajole her uh, <laughs> uh, to giving you a sample bite. Oh, so, sounds lovely. Yes. Well, it's, it sounds super. And what, I mean, you know, we're talking about your soundbite and the memories that you have. What uh, What is the dish that comes into mind immediately when you think of those great memories? Oh, sad, yeah. If you are talking to a Filipino... <laughs> There's too many dishes, right? There are too ma- many dishes, but the one that stands out mm. is adobo. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, people think adobo is almost... You know, commonplace, okay. ordinary. So, but what is it? Well, I've not, I, I'm not familiar with it. So, okay. exactly what is adobo? Okay, adobo is simply uh, a meat. Uh, it can be a chicken, pork, and even vegetables, mm-hmm. or a combination of pork and chicken. Mm-hmm. And for seasoning, for the flavor, it sounds very simple. Soy sauce, lots of garlic, bay leaf, black pepper and the vinegar. Mm-hmm. So that's your basic seasoning. Mm-hmm. That's the purest adobo. Okay. So where it differs from household to household, you would everyone would claim everyone does they, it they, right. they they make the best adobo. Okay. But not really. Uh-huh. Um, so if it's your kitchen, you would claim yours is the best. <laughs> so the secret to it is how do you start to build the flavor? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of households will just, you know, pour everything together and simmer it for an hour or so. Mm-hmm. But to build the flavor, you have to add your flavorings in layers. And also, you have to taste. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you just let's just say you have a pound of pork. What I do is I saute first, dry. Just the meat? Just like browning it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that creates that base flavor from the meat itself. Right. Before you add your liquid, meaning the vinegar and the soy sauce. Okay. And then you add the bay leaf or bay leaves. So you're doing this gradually, you're adding those things slowly, right? Yes. Uh And then lots of garlic. Mm-hmm. Some people will, will add chopped onions, but I don't. Um, and then the black pepper, black peppercorns. What I do is I um, grind some of it and leave some in whole form. And then, um, yeah, you add your soy sauce. In the Philippines, we have mainly one kind of soy sauce at the time. Mm-hmm. Unlike in Hong Kong, you have the light mm-hmm. and the dark. But over in the Philippines, it's just a matter of what brand do you use uh, to make you know more robust flavor. Right. Right. So you just uh, simmer that and um, check every, let's say, half an hour. Okay. And maybe in an hour. Until you, the meat yes, tenderizes. tenderizes. But it's not just a matter of t- tenderizing it. You are waiting for some kind of caramelization that okay. takes place. Okay. So from that pale 
dark brown, it becomes this vibrant um, chocolatey, chocolatey, <laughs> and I'm yeah. salivating just for you, you describing oh, it. Oh well, yes, okay, okay, that's that the idea. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> right, so so then it's turned into that kind of caramelized, sort of darker brown, mm-hmm. and is that that's when it's kind of nearly ready, or that's ready? Okay, um, but for me, I still want to to check to make a balance of I like my adobo a little bit on the soury side Uh Um, that's why I will have to check if I need to add more vinegar to it if I haven't mentioned vinegar yes vinegar is a vital uh, (laughs) ingredient that's where you get that sort of sour slight sourness in it oh that sounds lovely so so now adobo when you had it as a child your mum, did your mum make it differently? You, you're making it like your mum made it, right? I used to make it like how my mother did mm-hmm. it until mm-hmm. I discovered spices when I arrived in Hong Kong. Okay. Ah, oh, so you, you've adapted yours to right. your environment as That's well. That's right. And, and how would you eat that? Is that eaten with rice or with um, noodles or how is it normally eaten? Normally white rice plain rice okay i, I should and say would you have anything else as an accompaniment with the meat well you always want to strike a balance so mm-hmm. if you have such you know rich meat dish mm-hmm. you would want to have vegetables to to go with it mm-hmm. and maybe seafood like fish mm-hmm. normally well, it sounds lovely mm-hmm. so when you think of adobo i mean I suppose the memories that come back to you are those of your childhood and your mother making it, right? Yes, um, absolutely, including my siblings, my younger brother and sister. I tell you, adobo is such a revered dish uh, as far as uh, my mother's cooking is concerned that my two younger siblings would normally get um, serve themselves more more than they should and start to hide them those pieces of meat under you know a mound of rice okay. and that becomes the trading um, a negotiation power okay. later on who is gonna wash the dishes if you are washing the dishes today and you normally don't want to do it as a child you would want to strategize by hiding some adobo under your rice and <laughs> towards halfway through the meal you would negotiate as a you can have some my adobo as long as you wash the dishes exactly oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, exactly strategic that. moves going on here yeah, kids <laughs> yes so oh, that's huge yeah. so so now for instance are you uh, did your daughter i know you have a daughter like you know does your daughter like it does she has she learned how to cook it too is it being passed oh, on? She loves it. Uh-huh. It's a go-to dish whenever we visit the Philippines. And, of course, here in Hong Kong, uh, she grew up uh, with a double on, on the table. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember if she knows how to cook it, but... Uh, now yes, that she lives abroad, but it she, is something. I mean, there's no real specialist ingredient there. It's really a bit of the technique, isn't it? More than anything mm, that's else. That's right. That you can probably get. Um, I mean, you can get the meat, you can get the vinegar, but it's really and and just getting the soy sauce. I suppose the right one, as you mentioned, that mm-hmm. there are sort of a, there is a specific sort of Filipino mm-hmm. one that's been used. That sounds really lovely. Now you know, for you generally, are you sort of you're busy with your recruitment agency? Do you tend to cook every day or not? 
or is it something in my imagination (laughs) i do cook every day i like that one (laughs) Uh, but you know it really depends on how busy i am or how how tired or yeah if the ingredients are already available at home or not Uh um if if it involves you know, going to the market after work. Yeah. And then, you know. It just takes yeah. time to put it together. Yeah. And so if I always ask my guests that, you know, obviously living in Hong Kong, there is just, it's just a whole, you know, cornucopia of wonderful dishes and things mm. like that. So if you were going to have a choice of going and having something in Hong Kong, what would you choose? What is your favorite dish in Hong Kong? Wow. That's um, an exciting question because as you already said, there is a, a quite a selection of different cuisines in mm. Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I, I would go for Chinese and um, and all the array of other cuisines uh, that's uh, available here, Any, anywhere from Thai food, um, Indian food, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah, Middle Eastern appealed to me because of those spices. And how much of the food, like, you know, with this Chinese, there's all sorts of things. Are you also, um, you, when you do get the time, do you cook other food apart from sort of Filipino food? Oh, are, absolutely. Are you, so what is your sort of speciality there? What is it that you most enjoy cooking? Um, as I said, um there are so many choices. Mm-hmm. So I try to experiment on them. Mm-hmm. Say in the earlier years in Hong Kong, if I try something in, in the restaurant, I'll try to, you know, guess the ingredients yeah. and um, experiment uh, in the kitchen. And I, I would like to say this. When I was younger in Hong Kong, my first few years, I really stayed away from Indian dishes just because, you know, the colors... Mm. I just couldn't. My first impression is that um, they are artificial colorings. Mm. Mm. And so I thought, no, that can't be healthy. Mm -hmm. Because I was so ignorant. Mm -hmm. We didn't have, you know, turmeric, for Mm. example, Mm -hmm. in the Philippines. I didn't realize that a dash of turmeric will turn up a dish to change the color completely. So that became an eye opener. Mm-hmm. when I realized that it's all natural and mm-hmm. they're actually healthy. Mm-hmm. So my way of thinking about Middle Eastern food changed so much so that uh, I now incorporate those, um, Some uh, those spices, spices in, your in, own in my own Philippine dishes mm-hmm. to make it more interesting and to have a little bit of different version of it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's that's very interesting, actually, because, you know, um, I cook, um, you know, Indian, Pakistani food and things. And, you know, I find what I find most is that, you know, as you were saying, when you look at a dish, one, I think that, you know, we get a bit spoilt when we think of Chinese food because Chinese food is absolutely like it's so colorful. It's Mm -hmm. so bright and and things aren't sort of. Um, you know, cooked to death, <laughs> like sometimes. But when you go for other cuisines, like certainly Indian food, things are blended an awful lot, you know, and mm-hmm. the colors change. And decoratively, it doesn't look as appealing mm-hmm. as Chinese food mm-hmm. does, because I like the fresh and the al dente in Chinese food. So so that's, you know, it's a very um, important thing that you said there, that, you know, it's just the difference in spices, isn't it? It's, it's how people cook it and how people right. see it in their eyes. 
Yes. But um but you know each one is different and that's where I think in Hong Kong we we are quite lucky we do have lots of different cuisines. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely that. And so talking about other cuisines. So I love uh, Italian, mm-hmm. Italian and French. Mm-hmm. So we do cook quite a lot of pasta dishes um at home. Mm especially in the earlier years younger years when mm-hmm. you are not watching your carbs and yes, and all that right. so, so yeah. you have to sort of adapt brilliant so let me just finish by asking you um what are you cooking tonight if you're cooking or if you're not going to cook tonight what are you going to cook tomorrow night <laughs> okay there is one thing i'd really like to do uh-huh the duck confit mm Okay, and tell I, me how you do. Give me the give me well, the lowdown. The low time, okay, because I'm making notes here. You see, all right, so. <laughs> okay, all right. So I'm also trying to recall what uh, you know how to do it. Um, I think I discovered it in in one of the French restaurants in in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So I thought, how do you make it this flavorful and so tender? Mm. So and then traveling to France, you see that you see that dish in every menu. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking if it's available in Hong Kong and how to do it. And so it's not the healthiest because mm-hmm. it's about slow cooking mm-hmm. the duck, duck legs um mostly in duck fat. Okay. Now duck slow fat. cooking. Okay. But you do it once in a while. You're not having it every oh, day. Oh yes. Right? Oh no, I haven't done it. Okay. I'm threatening to. Okay. <laughs> so. okay. So you slow cook it. What do you do with the duck legs then? Well, Sadia, <laughs> that's still the mystery that uh, I oh, need to unfold. Uh, oh, but I, I have seen it um um oh. packed. Okay. In uh, gourmet restaurants, uh, gourmet ga- gourmet shops in, in Hong Kong, uh, vacuum packed. I see. And so they've got everything in it. Yes. All you do is just boil it up. Mm. Um, it's not boiling. I think it's a slow yes. simmer yes. in duck fat. So I, I picked up jars of duck fat <laughs> and put it down because I'm thinking, okay, heart attack. <laughs> so I just. Okay, maybe I'll wait till I'm a little healthier. Maybe I'll build, build some, you know. Yeah, um, I think that's uh, that's probably something that we need to be quite careful about here in Hong Kong because I do notice the cuts of meat that are used in lots of different kind of stews and things like that. They usually have an, an awful lot of fat on. The, you know, they're quite fatty, oh, aren't they? Well, you know, because and, that's uh, where the flavor is. Yes, and 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 I'm quite aware of that. And you know, I must be the only one who sort of gets some of this chicken and I take the skin off. And I know I've got to just eat the meat. Well, but, I mean, if I'm in front of people, I I do that. But yeah. maybe behind closed doors. Oh, you'll eat it. Oh, okay. I tell you what, my husband, over time, you know, he loves adobo as well because uh-huh. I cook it so that the rendering of fat is such that it's so tender. Yeah. That it melts in your mouth. Uh-huh. And then later on, I told him. Over years, after years of him enjoying it, I said, "Well, I think you just have to watch out 
for, you know, what facts? So, oh, right. So he spent all this time married to you not knowing <laughs> that that dish was actually a little bit fatty. And, um, <laughs> to say the least, yeah. at least, yes. <laughs> so, so has he kind of like, you know, withdrawn a little bit yes. and, and decided not to eat oh, too yes. much? Brilliant. Um, Josie, it's been so lovely talking to you. It really has. And your dish looks absolutely scrumptious. If you want to have a look at it, go over to my Facebook page, Sardi's Money on Radio 3 RTHK. There's a lovely photograph of it. And as Josie said, as you said, like, you know, um, Adobe is never the same in any household right because everyone makes it specifically you know in their own kind of style yes. and uh, have you put any other spices in it apart from that that vinegar and things like that oh i had my my own version now okay so it, it has well, evolved since well josie i'm gonna have to get you to try it at some point i'm gonna have to just barge in one day and you're gonna have oh, to show me do. or come and show me how to Be make my it guess. josie thank you so much for coming on soundbite it's been lovely to have you and um i look forward to trying that out actually and also going out and checking out this comfy duck <laughs> all right thank you very wonderful. much wonderful